And that's really where, where people think growth is such a good opportunity. And I'm all about growth, but in order to be successful, you have to be ready for growth. You have to understand what that looks like. Welcome to the Wear Wag Repeat Podcast. I'm Tori Mystic. As a dog mom lifestyle expert, blogger, and business owner, I love talking to other women in the pet industry and sharing their advice with you every week. Sit, stay, and listen to the latest episode. In this episode, I'm excited to share a great conversation with Liz Illig, a business consultant and the owner of Puff and Fluff Grooming and Pet Sitting in Phoenix. Liz shared with me her entrepreneurial story of going from an in-debt student pet sitting on the side to buying her first grooming shop and growing it into a six-location business that practically runs itself. Liz shared that the hardest part of growing her grooming business wasn't going up to six locations. It was actually going from one to two locations. The key for her was delegating tasks to her staff and creating a systematic guide to every single question that previously she would have had to deal with one by one. There is just so much great advice and inspiration in this episode. I would love to hear about your favorite part of my conversation with Liz. After you listen, please come over to the Wear, Wag, Repeat Labs Facebook group. That is the free Facebook group where we can experiment and investigate ideas to grow our pet businesses. So come over there and join the conversation. Liz Illig is a Phoenix-based entrepreneur and dog mom to six, yes, six chihuahuas. She's a multi-industry entrepreneur with brick-and-mortar businesses across Arizona and several online businesses, including her own consulting business and boutique marketing agency. Liz began offering consulting services when business owners continually asked how she grew her pet grooming shops to multiple locations in a short amount of time. Liz attributes all of her success in business growth to systems, effective delegation, and strategic launch planning. With her background in business starting, flipping, and expanding, she's mastered the method of scaling brands with launches that are unique and impactful. Liz provides strategy, implementation, and project management services to brands that want to launch a new idea and scale their profit. Hi, Liz. Hello. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here with you. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. I stumbled upon you in my online research, (laughs) and I was like, oh, wow, she's got all these grooming shops, but then I realized you also do business consulting. So you were like the perfect Wear Wag Repeat podcast guest. (laughs) Awesome. So tell us about um, how, let's talk about the the dog grooming shops, um, since that kind of sparked the interest for your consulting. Um, How did you get into the dog grooming business to start? Yeah, so I always tell people I had no business looking for a business to buy. Um, I was about $30,000 in debt. This was when I, in 2013, I was working a corporate job. I had a pet sitting business as like literally a hobby. And 
Um, I started that in 2005. So my entrepreneurial spirit really started thinking about new opportunities in 2005 as I'm putting myself through my undergrad and my master's degree, but I'm also working full time and have this pet sitting gig on the side. And that started growing. And I like, I always joke that I never stayed in my own house. (laughs) Like I actually had a house and I loved it, but I was never there because I was constantly always pet sitting. So that was growing. And I had a few pet sitters working, um, with me. So that was my first, like, like thinking about delegation, right. Of having, something, a business, and then being able to delegate and create and creating a business from that. And as that was going, you know, really successful, I thought I should look into buying a business that is complementary to my pet sitting business that I have. So one day I was looking to find a business that I could buy and I stumbled across a mom and pop grooming shop in Phoenix. And it was about 450 square feet, one groomer, one bather, serving probably eight clients a day. And I was like, I should check it out. Like, I want to remind everybody here, I, I don't know how to groom to this day, but I can train somebody to do it. But I also didn't really even know what the grooming industry was about. Because Growing up in Iowa, we always had short-haired dogs, so we never took them to the groomer. So I didn't even really understand the grooming industry in 2013 when I thought about getting into it. Once again, no, I had no business buying a business. I was $60,000 in debt, and I was going to go buy a business. So <laughs> I, during my corporate job, I went to seven banks during my lunch hour for multiple days. And I was asking who would give a business loan. At this time, I didn't realize people were not giving business loans um, to somebody that had no experience in business, technically. Right. And one business out of seven said they would give me a line of credit. So I thought, okay, they'll give me a line of credit for as much as I needed minus $4,000. So I needed to find $4,000. I didn't have even $4,000 to my name. So I called my dad and I asked him, I said, hey, I can get a line of credit. I just need $4,000. And then I can make this dream happen. And he's a farmer in Iowa. He's like, I don't think this is a good idea. He's like, it's not because I don't believe in you. I just don't think this is a good idea. Like you're taking a line of credit at a very high percentage is 18% interest. So do the math on any kind of money. It's a lot of money that you would pay on interest every single month. So a few days later, I go out to the mailbox and I find an envelope from my dad. And he wrote me a check for $4,000. And he wrote a little note and it's from a notepad. And he like, you could see that he ripped like the edge of the notepad and said, pay me back when you're a success. So I had $4,000 in hand and I had the paperwork in the other hand to sign to buy my first business. So I, I didn't let like failure or risk or anything like get in the way. I was like, I'm, I, I can do this. I'll put my heart and soul in that, into this. I'll do everything that I've learned up to this point. I'll find a way to make, to make myself successful. So 
that's what I did. So 2013, I bought my first grooming shop and I became the operation of my business. And, you know, I'm eight years into this. So people look at me and they're like, oh, she probably didn't even, she probably just grew this. Well, I grew it because I was the operation for the first three years. I was that front person. I was the greeter. I was the HR director. I was the technology, the IT director. Like I was every single role besides being the groomer or bather. And I looked for people in that industry that were the experts in that. So I built the business in three years. I started paying down my line of credit. I started paying down my student loans, like all the things to really align myself. And we started being open five days a week, six days a week, seven days a week. We were at full max capacity at this time. And, you know, I, a lot of people are like, well, what was your success? I mean, I hit the ground running with, with marketing, with, with my client experience, I put myself out there in such a different way than a lot of other grooming industries did in 2013. I also had a very shabby chic look, um, you know, just, just all of these things that I, I really made this like a boutique. I hosted community events. I mean, I was like doing everything I possibly could to be a success. And so finally the word was on the street that, Hey, this grooming shop is pretty successful. I maybe she would buy another one. So I had another local groomer ask me to buy the grooming shop. And that's when I tell people my nightmare actually occurred when I bought the second shop. Oh no, this is not the turn I thought the story was going to take. Exactly. And that's really where, where people think growth is such a good opportunity. And I'm all about growth, but in order to be successful, you have to be ready for growth. You have to understand what that looks like. So one day I'm driving from my first shop to my second storefront. My manager at my first shop and my second shop call me at the exact same time with the exact same question. And at that very moment in time, I knew I could not be in two places at the same time. And I had failed people in thinking that they could run my operations without any guidance from me. No, 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 no. So I had to look at this and say, this is a nightmare. What I created is going to like literally tumble into pieces, you know, my investment, my hard work. And I literally took matters into my own hands that day. And I said, okay, we resolved the issue that was at hand that both people had at both storefronts. And I said, I'm going to take one year. This was 2016. I'm going to take one year and I'm going to write down every single question that somebody within my organization asked me on paper and I'm going to answer it. Little did I know I was creating myself a standard operating procedure for how my business should be run based on the core foundation elements that I created the first three years with all the expertise in, in the areas that I had excelled in. So within one year, I was like, I had this like playbook. I had this online platform where I could, it was like Google, Google your business for puff and fluff. And that's, that's my business name. So at any time, every employee within my organization could ask this platform a question and they would get the step-by-step process of how to solve their own problem they were having. And they no longer needed Liz. That took me to a different level in my business because they weren't relying on me 
for the expertise or the guidance. And so it allowed me to empower them with knowledge. Mm -hmm. And when you empower people with knowledge, they are able to excel in their jobs and you're able to delegate work to them effectively to empower them. And that is what I'm literally all about within my whole company. So, okay. So one year went by, I I had this technical writing skill. And so I created a standard operating procedure. So then I start seeing like, I'm not having to work inside my business, but I can work on it. And that's when the floodgates open to so many amazing opportunities. And I, I ended up buying numerous shops in 2017. I took a year off in 18. And kind of the, the story just now is when a good opportunity, opportunity comes along, I'm able to purchase a grooming shop. And so now I'm up to six in, in March. It'll be eight years. So that is so amazing. And they're all branded now as Puff and Fluff. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So literally I can, um, I really can rebrand a shop within 48 hours of purchasing it. So I've really narrowed down how to do a remodel in 48 hours, how to flip it, how to change its marketing efforts, how to literally transform a business from Friday at three all the way till, you know, Monday morning, we're up and running. You should have your own reality show, obviously. <laughs> it's, it's so fun. And, and that's the thing is that now like it's, it becomes easy. So that when that nightmare occurred, I learned so much, but that was, that was like when the real fear took place. And I didn't even have any fear in 2013 buying, you know, the business. My fear was, oh my goodness, I'm now responsible for a lot of people's success in my organization, but also how do we make ourselves, you know, the, the well-known, you know, groomer out there in, in these communities. And it was with all of the amazing people that, work alongside of me every single day within, within my company. And that it was really based on, you cannot delegate anything until you have documented how you want it done. Right. Yeah. And, and I think when you create a system like your operating procedures, I don't know if it's a big document or if you have it online in some way now, but then people don't come to you with every little thing and you can actually really grow. You can really get to the growth stage, you know, growing, you know, your sales at each location by a hundred dollars a day or something is like the old way. If you didn't have these systems, that would be what you were focusing on. But now you're growing, you're focusing on growing like an empire, which is next level. Right. Yeah. And it, it's done strategically, right? You know, like I, I wouldn't be sitting in this chair today if I hadn't done it very strategically and found ways to maximize, you know, my revenue and just it, the possibilities now are endless for, for what we can do based on the, how I've created the solid foundation within, within my company. Are you enjoying this interview? If you'd like to continue talking about dogs and business with the added support of a like-minded community, get on the wait list for Wear Wag Repeat Society. This is my monthly membership program for women petpreneurs and pupfluencers who are looking for accountability and support to make bark-worthy breakthroughs in their business. It's amazing what you can accomplish when you're surrounded by the right people. 
and their dogs. <laughs> Join the waitlist now at wearwagrepeat.com slash society. So, um, so I want to see if I can make a connection here. So before we hit record, we were talking about our multiple dogs. You have six chihuahuas. I have two labs. And going from one dog to two dogs presents challenges. Going from two dogs to six dogs, I can't imagine. So as you were growing all of these locations, now you have six locations now. So you have six dogs also. You know, what's what's the hardest part? Was it, was it going from one to two or was it going from two to six locations? One to two. Mm -hmm. I would even say one to two for having a dog and one to two for a grooming shop, right? Like the, the, the one caring for one or, you know, I mean, in, in any scenario here, it's like, what is two going to feel like? right? Like, how am I going to take care of two? It's the same thing with, with, you know, a brick and mortar, you know, how am I going to do this? Right. And so it's a huge adjustment period. But once I got to like three or four dogs or shops, I was like, oh, this is easy peasy. So I keep telling my husband, I'm like, if I get to a now seven shop, I'm going to have seven dogs. But if I would like to stay married, I should only have six dogs. <laughs> That's He's not going to know. You can hide a seventh one in there. <laughs> I'm like, this is so easy. So I think it's really that one to two. And that's why you see a lot of grooming shops not going from that one to two, because that is the unknown. And that is what most people struggle with is you can't be in the same place at the same time. So most people have a hard time with delegation. And that's where most of my clients come from because they want a better lives for themselves. They want to be able to have different kind of revenue streams. They want all of these things, but you have to put in that work before the reward pays off. And that's why I always tell people that it wasn't, I literally was working my brick and mortar locations for the first three years, because I had to understand them. I had to know them. No, I was not the groomer or bather, but I had to understand the foundational elements of how to be successful in that industry. And I think most, you know, owner groomers, that's what they don't have the experience in is knowing how to go from one to two. So I'm really glad that you, you brought that point up because that is the key element of not being able to be in one, you know, be in two places at the same time. Well, and I think what what is so great about your story, like you said, you're not a groomer and I don't think you want to be a groomer and yet you have a successful grooming business. Um, so I think a lot of people just get stuck. Like I, I hear from people all the time, well, I'm not a certified dog trainer or something like that. That doesn't mean that you can't start some kind of successful business working with dogs. You just have to find the right people to delegate and to work with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, you have to find that secret sauce of your business. Like, why are you successful? There's competitors around us every single day, but how are you unique and how can you position yourself correctly? And that's where, you know, within my consulting business now, that's where I help people is, is knowing, yes, there's competition everywhere, but don't, don't, don't settle on something or don't not do something because of that. Like we're all you unique in such an amazing way that people do business with my grooming shops 
for different reasons than they might go to somebody else, right? I mean, it's, you know, we're, we're not for everybody, right? And so, and that's a beautiful actual thing to be able to say we're not for everybody and that's okay because there's so much love that we can spread through numerous different grooming shops. That's why I look at grooming shops and I'm like, okay, yeah, they might be, you know, in my parking lot, but I'm different than them because of this. And my customers or my potential customers will see that and do business with either or. Right. So since you kind of, you know, have this whole approach about all of us having unique offering, and it seems like you like to keep your finger on the pulse of what's going on. Is there anything that you're really excited about in the pet space for 2021 or, or the, or the next couple of years, or maybe just specifically in the grooming space? What, what do you see on the horizon that's exciting? Um, I mean, for the grooming space, I definitely see, you know, a lot of creative grooming, right? That's coming out more and more. People are seeing TikTok videos, YouTube videos of how they could have their pet look. It makes me wish I had a light colored dog because I would be all over that. Right. Yeah. And it's so, so fun. But I also think too, that what I do see changing now and will continue to evolve is your client experience. Because when I even bought in 2013, every shop I bought since has had loyal clients, but they didn't do any extra for their clients. And I'm all about how is my client going to feel? How can I nurture that relationship more? And so really honing in on how you can serve your clients through a nurturing aspect. And I think more and more businesses are starting to do that. But sometimes we think, oh, they came to us once, they're going to come to us again. That is not guaranteed in the grooming industry at all. There are people that hop groom shop to groom shop to groom shop. And so, you know, for anybody that's in any industry, look at your client experience and see what that looks like and see how you can make people feel a part of your brand because that is something that most people don't think about. Yeah. I think that's such a great point. And especially nowadays when we can't do as many things in person and you can't really like linger and hang out in person, it's important to figure out how you can go above and beyond in more creative ways, whether it's, you know, sending more emails or, you know, reaching out personally or text me, texting people. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's so many things you can do, um, that, but you have to be creative. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's where, you know, some, you know, in the grooming world, people are being creative when they're grooming the animals. They're not thinking about the creative business side of how you can be creative. And so those are two different things. Yeah. Well, and I think that, I mean, that just ties it all together, you know, with what you first were talking about is you, we really can't expect all of us to specialize in everything. Um, You know, you have people who are expert groomers, but then you have people who are business experts. Um, So maybe, you know, maybe (laughs) those of us who are, are working with dogs need to kind of find someone to work with who, um, you know, has more expertise in the business and marketing commuter or customer relations side of things. Um, cause we can't be everything to everyone. 
For sure. For sure. And, and that's where, you know, my biggest shift was in this, in this story is that the moment I stepped out of my daily operations, working in my business, I could start working on it. And I have become the visionary in all of my businesses for looking at it from a high level to see what other opportunities are out there and how to build that solid foundation so other people can assist you and run basically most of my companies for me. And I get to, you know, help educate and public speak and, you know, do, do the things that I truly love to do. And that's where a lot of business owners, we just, we just do the daily grind, right? Like this is what we were called to do, but is that what you're called to do? Are, are you an amazing groomer? Great. Why don't you use your skills to teach other people or become a master groomer? There's, there's so many ways to excel in our careers the possibilities are truly endless, but sometimes we just feel so stuck in the rut because we've done something for so long and we think we can just do it another five or 10 years. But what I encourage my clients to do is look outside of the box and say, what we are all the experts in something. I guarantee it. We all have an expertise and we need to share that with the world and not enough of us do. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, everyone has so much to share and, and there's there's plenty of little niches and corners for everyone to, to do their thing. Um, okay. So now I want to talk about your dogs. Um, you mentioned that you grew up on a farm and I'm sure you didn't have chihuahuas there. So how did you become a obsessed chihuahua mom? (laughs) Yeah. Well, so it's funny. I did not have chihuahuas. I had a Jack Russell Terrier and in 1995, I begged my mom, my parents were divorced. And so I begged my mom, I said, I just want a dog. So, so, so bad. I lived in Iowa. And in 1995, my grandparents brought a little Jack Russell Terrier for the holidays. And I got my first dog and I just wanted the dog so bad. I finally had gotten the dog. And it, it's it's interesting in my whole story because in 1995 I was nine years old, and my family we didn't we didn't have a ton of money, so we we didn't we didn't travel many places, but we did travel to Phoenix, Arizona. So I named my first dog in 1995 Phoenix because I knew I was going to move to Phoenix someday. So at that very moment in time, you know, I look at my whole story of my entrepreneurial life. You know, I, I did invention convention. I created, um, a, a, he can eat the dish dog bowl in, you know, right after I got my first dog. So I've just always had a passion for pets. Like I just, the nurturing spirit of them and being able to care for them and, So I've just always have loved, loved animals. And so when I came out to college to Phoenix in um, 2005, I wanted to have my own pet. So I, you know, I, I did all the research and I lived in an apartment. So I ended up getting my first chihuahua. Her name was Rosie and she has recently passed, but she lived with me. She saw me grow and scale my businesses the last 14 years. She got to see me married. And, and from there, you know, it's that same thing. 
I didn't get my second dog until she was eight years old. Mm-hmm. And that was the biggest shift. I'm like, what is this going to do to my life getting another dog into this? It's just been Rosie and I this whole time, right? She went to the shop with me and it's like, now I have two, you know, it was like, it was like, I thought like my life was going to crumble because I, I wanted to have another dog based on that conversation with you earlier. So I've just had a passion for pets. Like I love serving people that have pets. I love having community events with pets and like pets are my thing. Yeah. So you're, you've stuck with the chihuahuas and now it's a full house. (laughs) It's a full house. It's a full house. And we, we have a, we have a a bigger piece of property. So they get to roam outside in the afternoon and go in the garden. And yeah, so, so it's very fun. Do you have a favorite child? You know, that's a really, really hard one. Um, we, I mean, we lost three dogs last year and got three new ones. And so it's just, it's, it's been such a, they, you know, they, you know, as much as like, they're all together at all times, they're a pack. They're all so different in so many amazing ways, but it's, yeah, I, I just can't say, I mean, I will say that like three of them gravitate towards my husband and three gravitate gravitates towards me, but there's I, yeah that, that's a hard one no I can't pick a favorite I have like one of my dogs I like likes doing certain activities more and the other one likes doing other activities more so like I will take them out individually and do things but th- maybe they're my favorite for that like hour <laughs> but that's it <laughs> they all have their like little things about them that make them unique well Liz it's been so great talking to you um if anyone would like to learn about all the things that you do or maybe working with you through your business consulting services. Um, how can they find you online? Yeah. So I live on Instagram. My handle is Liz L I Z dot my last name, I L L G. And then my consulting business is Liz Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time and for sharing your story with us today. Thanks for having me. What did you like most about this episode? Find me on Instagram at teamistic and let me know what intrigued you or what questions you have about starting or growing your own dog-inspired business. You can also screenshot this episode and tag me in your stories. I love to see who is listening out there. Some of the best conversations happen after the episode, right? So track me down over on Instagram or Join the Wear, Wag, Repeat Labs Facebook group to connect with other dog-obsessed entrepreneurs. And as always, you can find all the links and resources discussed in this episode at wearwagrepeat.com slash podcast. See you back here next week.